Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and equip you to live a life on mission. I believe that God gives each of us a mission or purpose for this life. It may be a lifelong mission, or it may be one that changes throughout different seasons of your life, but each one of us has that purpose and mission. And in these episodes, I draw from my own experiences as a uh, doing mission work and nonprofit work, and also as a foster and adoptive parent. And in many of the episodes, I uh, reach out to others through interviews and conversations to, again, help encourage and equip each of us to live that life on mission. And uh, in today's episode, it's a, one where Danielle and I sit down again, which I enjoy these greatly when, when uh, she joins me because I love her, her input. And we're just going to spend some time talking about what's going on in our family uh, as adoptive parents. And any time that you decide to live a life on mission and get outside of yourself and get outside of that comfort zone that so many of us seek to have, right, um, you're going to encounter some messiness. You're going to encounter some challenges. And any of you that are foster and, and or adoptive parents know exactly what I'm talking about because you have brought a child or children into your home that come from a wounded uh, place, from a hard place. And when that happens, you encounter some very difficult challenges at time. And, and so that's kind of where we're at. It's not a, a drastic thing, but I'm going to, instead of taking time here to go into the details, uh, Danielle and I start off this conversation talking about what's been happening in our home and with our son since the Christmas break. So let's join that conversation. Well, thank you again, Danielle, for taking some time to um, do this podcast with me. I, I enjoy it, and I think those are listening to it as well. And You know, we did a um, podcast uh, several weeks ago, and in fact, it's in my book, Foster and Adoptive Parenting, and the topic being uh, struggle to attach and, and how our son really did struggle with attaching to us early on, especially to you. And, and well, today, we're, we're at the other end of the spectrum. We're going to be talking about uh, where he's at now and what we are working through, and that's just overcoming his anxiety, specifically his separation anxiety. And so would you just kind of give us a feel for what the last couple of months or so have been like with our son? Okay. So Luke started kindergarten this year, and at Christmas break, we had a wonderful Christmas holiday, and then we came back to school, and that first day, you know, he was really excited to see his friends and went into class fine, and Second day, he ran back out and wanted a big mommy hug. That should have been a clue right there, but I I just had no idea what was about to happen. Uh, day three, uh, I drop him off for school, and he runs back out of the class, and uh, he is not staying. He is, like, hanging on to me for dear life, and he he's not going to stay in the class. And so... We try some creative things. I go in the class with him, try to get him, uh, you know, focused on what's at his little bin table. Uh, I think it was like Play-Doh or something that day. And um, just trying all kinds of different creative ways to, you know, help him over the hump and get him focused on what the activities for the day were. And um, at the beginning of the year, we had used a strategy of coming up with a reward chart and he was going to, you know, get something that he was working toward at the end of the week. And it was his idea to do that at the beginning of the year to help him over his anxieties and fears. Um, but at Christmas he told me, mom, that's not going to work. 
and you trying to, you know, refocus me over here on the Play-Doh is <laughs> not working either. I do not want to stay. Um, so we, uh, I could see it about to be a, a real meltdown. So the mm-hmm. teacher called for the counselor and she came down and we went to her office and it was the first time for us to have to interact with her. Uh, and we went just the traditional route where she, uh, had Luke in the office. He wasn't going to let me go. So she just asked me to go ahead and slip out. And so, uh, I did saw him kicking, screaming, yelling, full on tantrum as I'm closing the door, um, stood outside the door and heard that go on for several minutes. So I knew that he wasn't just, you know, that typical when they're 18 months old, you walk away and a minute later they've settled and gone on with their world. So I went down to the front office and just sat, um, and the lady up front was just so gracious to go back and check on him a couple of times, but it was a good 15 minutes before we even started to settle at all. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm thinking this, this is just not right. Everything in my spirit was just screaming. Mm-hmm. This is not good for him. On day two, we went, uh, I guess that would be day four now, um, we pretty much so did the same thing, but he's smart. So he's not going in that room the next day. Cause he knows if he goes in the room that they're going to close the door. And so the vice principal had to come down and help. And it was another just full on tantrum. Uh, but he settled quicker, but still just really traumatic for him at home. He wouldn't talk about it. He just couldn't understand why I had left him. Uh, But he was just angry, agitated, very dysregulated. And luckily, the uh, counselor there at the school has been TBRI trained. And I called her after the second day and said, I just don't feel like this is the right course for our son. And he said, and she said, I totally agree with you. I don't think it's the right way either. I can see him really uh, getting triggered and uh, we need to go a different route. And so... Now, since then, up until today, every day at school, we unpack our bags in the classroom. Then we go down to the counselor's room, and she helps him transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, it was long transi- transition times, like 15, 30 minutes. Uh, nowadays, it can be shorter, but he hasn't been able since Christmas to walk straight into his classroom. Very thankful for the counselor, like you said, who has the trauma-informed care or TBRI training um, that the school district has uh, sent many of their counselors and other staff to. Uh, Mm -hmm. Boy, we are very thankful for that. Definitely so. You know, but he even, like today, um, he'll unpack his bags in the class fine, but then he comes out into the hall and he's like, Mom, I just can't do it. I just can't stay there. And I've even asked him, like, buddy, what's the difference? You know, because he'll go into the room and unpack everything, and he seems fine. He's like, it's because you're there, mm-hmm. and as long as you're there, I, I'm okay. But once you leave, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been able to express, and um, he's done a really good job of, I think, explaining the different emotions and fears and anxieties. Uh, but at this point, he just has not been able to overcome it. And I don't know, about a month or so ago, um, just a few weeks after you know this began, we started seeing it showing up in other areas, like at church, leaving him in this class that he's been a part of for many, many years, and best friend was is there, and so on, but still, um, exact same thing. And 
and um, hasn't wanted us to leave him anywhere um, without one of us being there with him. And so, so it's gone beyond just at at school. And so that's where it's really uh, caused us to think through: okay, how do we need to handle this? And uh, and, and so that's where I want to kind of take the conversation next: is how how did we how have we decided to handle this? And uh, again, other than school, you know, him not we haven't left him anywhere without one of us being with him since all this started. And of course at school, you know, we're with the help of the counselor and, and sometimes one of the principals, you know, we've, you know, come up with a way where he's able to transition some, but you know, that's, that's a pretty big change for us, you know, where we have kind of pared things down quite a bit, right. To where uh, we are not leaving him anywhere right now. It brought us to another big decision, right. You want to share with, what we've decided to do as far as school for the remainder of this, this school year? Well, as of this week, we've uh, decided to go ahead and pull him from school on Friday. Uh, it's the Friday before spring break. And, you know, we just really thought that through a whole week of spring break. I don't think he would come back well. I think we would mm-hmm. have the same dysregulation that we did right after Christmas. So it, you know, it's, it's the best timing possible for him and for his, you know, his classmates too. Um, just really thinking big picture, what's the best for him and for the other students there. Um, so we're going to homeschool for the remainder of the year. It's just kindergarten. So it's not like, um, we're, you know, having to mm-hmm. teach third or fourth grade level or, uh, calculus or something. Cal- <laughs> <laughs> And it's only a couple of months left, so it's it's uh, uh, not as daunting. But we've made that decision really because uh, we see him. Uh, the best way I know how to describe it is like closing different doors in his mind. It's mm-hmm. just like they're all starting to shut. You know, things that he could do, um, like even in the school year earlier. You know, he could count to a hundred. He could, mm-hmm. he could sit and do Legos that were more complex than his age level set on the box, you know, mm-hmm. and now he can't, uh, for his birthday back in October, he got Legos and he couldn't even do them anymore. He, he doesn't remember how to count anymore. So it's just like doors in his mind were starting to close. Um, but as we've told him that you know, we're going to homeschool him and that we're listening to him. Uh, even just last night I realized, oh, a, a door just flew back open, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, typically he, uh, at the end of the day, by the time we're doing dinner, which we do an early dinner, like 5 or 5.30, he's already yawning, mm-hmm. like halfway falling asleep on the table. It's like taking so much mental energy for him to get through the day that he's utterly exhausted. And last night he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And when I picked him up from school yesterday, uh, for the first time, he told me something that he really loved about school, you know? Um, so I think just him knowing, okay, mommy and daddy are listening to me. They are going to take care of me. They're creating a safe place for me that, uh, I think we'll start seeing doors just open back up in his mind. I agree. And I've seen some of that happening too, you know? So if you're listening, you may be thinking, wow, this is, um, a drastic uh, response to what really you see a lot with children, right? When you, when you leave them someplace, you see a child, you know, having that separation anxiety, especially when they're younger in the traditional way, like you were saying, that counselor that first day, you know, just suggesting that you just go ahead and slip out and leave. That's kind of the traditional way of handling it. It's just go ahead and just walk away and, and they'll calm down. And, 
you know, I want to get into a little bit of talking about why we decided to handle it the way we have. And a lot of it's because of our training about uh, trauma and the way it affects the brain. And obviously what has happened with our son is that something triggered has triggered a fear and anxiety response to his environment. And if you've listened to any of my other podcasts or blogs and stuff, you know, I talk about the secure uh, circle of security, which is a, a parenting model that you can go to their website and learn more about, or it's in a chapter in my book as well. And I have a podcast interview with Suzette Lamb, who's a counselor that teaches on this and talking about um, when a child feels has a secure attachment to their caregivers, to their parents and others, they are able to have this, what they call a, an autonomous self. They, they're able to venture out into their world and, and, and they have this sense of security, even if their caregiver or parent is not right there with them, but yet they know that that parent is there and is available as a safe haven when they come back. And what we've seen with our son is that something triggered inside of him to where he lost that sense of autonomous self and feeling safe and secure enough to to be at school, to be left anywhere without one of us being right there with him. And and so we are taking this response of instead of, well, you know, you're okay, you're safe, telling him he's safe, he's okay, and kind of that, you know, get over it and buck it up and, and you'll be okay and when us walk away, we are taking the exact opposite approach for a season to where we're pulling him closer. And that may seem drastic to many, but when you're dealing with a child that has had trauma and when things trigger that and, and there's this f- great fear response, um, I believe that is the right response is for us to pull them close. And I'm glad you're on the same page with me on that. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't understand why, what triggered that this response in him, it is what we are, are, have decided to do, and that's to help him, again, feel safe in his environment. Again, we don't have the intent to coddle him or to do this for the rest of his life. It's really we want to, you know, reestablish that that sense of security in him, right, to where he can go out and and uh, explore his world and feel safe in that. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd agree. I don't know how long this will be, and we're looking into next year, like a two day academy, so um, where we would he would go to school a couple of days, and we'd homeschool mm-hmm. the other three days. And um, you know, I really don't know what the long term approach is going to be, but for right now, we just feel like it's going to be the best thing for him to have that security to, uh, like you said, pull him closer. That's the, the words that keep, you know, just really jumping out at me, pull him close, help him feel secure again so that he can venture back out on his own. Um, and uh, one other thing I did want to say is, uh, we've had a tremendous positive experience with, um, Leander independent school district Mm -hmm. and the staff there has been phenomenal. He has an excellent teacher. Uh, the counselor there has been just outstanding. She's really, uh, met him at an emotional level where he feels completely safe with her and the principals came on board to, to help us out. And, uh, I just want to say a huge shout out. They're just doing fantastic Mm -hmm. there at his school and, uh, just really appreciate everything that they've poured into him. So our pulling him out isn't in reaction to a negative experience right. there at the school at all. Right. Uh, actually, it's I don't think he could have made it this far without all the tremendous support that he's gotten. Mm-hmm. 
I echo that, and, and that's why we have, uh, for the last several weeks, been kind of taking a, uh, like a week at a time. You know, we, we wanted him to be able to be successful in that environment, if at all possible. Um, but, you know, this is where we're at, and this is the decision we made, and it's, we don't take, make it lightly because it definitely alters uh, the next few months of our life quite a bit. And, but we do feel that um, uh, this is very foundational, especially at his age. He's, you know, almost six and a half, and, and our intent is to help him, again, develop that sense of security uh, at a foundational level so that he can, uh, as he moves on in life, um, you know, know how to be able to and feel safe enough to, um, you know, deal with triggers in his world that cause him to feel anxious or fearful and stuff. And so, so that's why we've made that decision. And, and if you're listening, you know, and you have, you know, you're a parent of a child, whether it comes to you through foster care or adoption or has had trauma in their life and, and they respond to their environment like this. And I know not everybody can make the kind of decisions that we've made right now, but uh, I encourage you to consider how you can pull them closer and to pour into them, maybe slow life down enough to where you can help that child feel safe again and so that they can, going back to the whole idea of have this autonomous self to where they are able to uh, navigate their world and in, in explore their world and venture out into it and know that they are um, secure in it. Mm-hmm. So, any other thoughts on that? No, I just want to echo what you said. Not everybody can just make the life choices that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling closer is always the right choice. Yeah. No matter what that looks like. Um, just from all the different training and materials that we've read you know, sometimes when they're acting the squirreliest is actually right. when you need to pull them right. the closest. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I just feel like whatever that would look like for our listeners with their current situation, that they would just have that thought in their mind. What can I do to pull them closer? What can I do to make them feel more secure? Um, and just create a or form a better attachment. Mm-hmm. So just thinking along those lines, uh, slowing life down, pulling in closer and their choices that they would make. Yeah, I agree. And our hope and prayer is that uh, our son will you know, grow through this experience and, and feel safe again and, and be able to venture back out. And so maybe we'll share that in a, in a uh, future podcast, you know, the results of that. And in another future podcast we may uh, dive into is, is the schooling decisions that, that we are making, and especially once we land on what we're going to do next year. Uh, we may take some time and share that as well. So thanks. You're welcome. Well, again, I really appreciate Danielle taking some time to um, sit down and have this conversation with me and not only taking the time, but just opening up and allowing you to hear what's kind of going on in our, in our home and the decisions that we're making and why and um, where we're coming from on them. And my hope is, our hope is, is that it is helpful for you. Maybe, um, our conversation triggers something in you to realize that, hey, this is what's going on with my child. The situation may be totally different, and it probably is, but maybe you're seeing some uh, behavior from your child that uh, is exhibiting anxiety and fear, and you're realizing, okay, I may not understand what's triggering this, but I'm understanding 
what's going on because of the trauma and how it's impacting their response and you know how their brain is kind of controlling their behavior and maybe what your response needs to be is to pull them close like we have decided to do with our son and as Danielle was sharing that may look different and it will will look different uh, depending on your situation and, and your child or your children so I just want to encourage you to do that you know I mentioned in the uh, conversation a couple of things uh, other podcast episodes one specifically being an interview with Suzette Lamb who is a counselor and a podcast interview that we had where we talked about that whole parenting model called circle of security and so I have a link to that in the show notes uh, for this podcast so that if you want to listen to that if you haven't yet you can link to it and, and get to it easily there um, and also uh, I'd you know refer to a chapter in my book where that podcast interview is embedded as well. And so I encourage you to, if you haven't gotten a copy of Foster and Adoptive Parenting, even if you don't have a foster child or an adopted child, I encourage you to get a copy of the book and you can get that on Amazon. And so I'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. And you can get to those notes by just putting in kennethacamp.com slash episode 19. And it'll take you straight to the page where, um, the show notes for this episode as, as well as the those links and maybe some others that are there so again um i encourage you as um as a family who has uh, embraced uh, a life on mission and where you have a purpose of investing in a child or or children who come from a hard place i just encourage you and that we are in the on this journey with you and in the trenches with you and hopefully this has been a help for you. Thank you for joining me here at His Hands, His Feet, and we'll talk to you next time.